Hey, everybody, this is Hunter Molzen from Barbell Apparel, and this is the Breaking Boundaries podcast. Uh, we're here today with Dr. Janae Brown, doctor of physical therapy, certified concussion specialist, certified functional strength coach, uh, Pilates instructor. She's an athlete herself. Um, she's certified in rock tape, rock pods, rock floss. Uh, she played basketball in high school, won two state championships and uh, has done a lot of barbell training herself. So she brings a really well-rounded and self-informed perspective to uh, working with athletes and helping them recover from injuries and establish protocols to warm up for their workouts better and to have both optimal performance and longevity in their careers. Um, we were introduced to her by Marquise Lisi's, who is a barbell apparel athlete and world's strongest man. So yep. she's probably worked with uh, what's one of the most uh, involved human beings on the planet, just because of the demands he puts his body under and his uh, yep. overall size. So um, thank you for being here today, Dr. Janae. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. We're excited to kind of dive in and talk about your perspective on um, physical therapy's role in athletics and, and how it can help our listeners be more well-rounded and more proactive in uh, kind of like heading off any injuries or, or dealing with any kind of like nagging issues that they might have. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you decided to get into physical therapy. Yeah. So I was a high school athlete, like you said, Hunter, myself, and um, I played basketball. Um, I had a couple of like a back injury, a knee injury when I was um, in high school, but really things that were minor. But I remember um, going and having like one physical therapy session, nothing that was just huge and just kind of getting some awareness of it. And then my aunt was actually um, a nurse, probably the first college graduate in our family. And she was trying to get me to go into nursing. And I'm like, eh, it's not really me. And she's like, you know, you should go into healthcare. Healthcare is like, you'll always have a job. And we know that we really did through COVID. It was really uh, aware or obvious that that was something that was true. Um, but yeah, she's like, you'll always have a job and, you know, you can work with sports. You love sports. So uh, think about that. And so I kind of just looked into it a little bit and decided uh, right away that I really was interested in, kind of pursued it immediately from high school, went to college um, and undergrad, got my uh, bachelor's in exercise and sports science, and then applied to PT school. And yeah, there I was. I went to Loma Linda University, which is in uh, the San Bernardino County area in uh, Southern California. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. And, and now you're, you're working with athletes like Martins and um, you know, I, I think that in my own athletic experience, um, a lot of the high level athletes I've had the privilege of talking to or knowing, um, especially the really elite ones, like physical therapy almost becomes like a permanent fixture of their athletic career and yeah. a part of their training schedule. I mean, um, several of the high level athletes I know, visit with their physical therapists like weekly to kind yeah. of like work through issues they're having. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your perspective on that? I would say any professional athlete should really have a physical therapist on their team. Um, I think they should have, you know, probably a strength coach on their team. You know, I think they should have, um, you know, a physician, some sort of a, you know, some physician on their team, whether it's just an orthopedic, uh, doctor who's advising and giving guidance, um, you know, I think, I think physical therapy is, um, a huge, um, important thing for any athlete because, you know, you're, you're trying to always prevent injuries. I mean, injuries are something that 
we all know if you're an athlete, you're taking a risk, you know, no matter what type of athletic endeavor you're doing, it's risky. And you, you put yourself in a position where you could get injured, but our goal with physical therapy is to uh, prevent injury as much as possible and keep your body feeling as, you know, mobile, flexible, strong, and healthy as possible. So I feel like in prevent preventative wise, you, should, you know, every professional athlete should have a, a physical therapist on their team. And then, you know, to work on the minor aches and pains and things that are just going to happen, you know, with any Sport. Yeah, that probably achieves two things, right? Like you're there to deal with uh, acute injury or chronic injury when it arises, but also from a preventative component, uh, helping athletes like identify issues as they're potentially creeping up and uh, addressing like, you know, muscular deficiencies or movement deficiencies uh, before they result in injury. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, there are like little things that athletes feel, you know, and then there's big things that arise. And some of those things can be managed if you're a professional athlete, you know, if you have, you know, some minor knee pain, you're not going to not, you know, play in your, you know, your game or, you know, you're not going to not going to compete because of that. Right. But if you dislocate your shoulder or you, you know, do something tear your ACL, you know, that takes you out. So there's like these minor little things that athletes can push through and move through and be managed. I mean, I think that that's where physical therapy can come in really well is like, how can we manage this and decide whether this is something that you should continue to do, or you need to kind of pull back a little bit and maybe not compete a little bit right now, or, you know, um, alter some of your training a little bit. Yeah, yeah. no, that's great perspective. Um, yeah. and I, I've also seen with, with a lot of like athletes where the, the movements are very, uh, specific, like in the way they, they demand you move your muscles or articulate your joints or whatever that I've seen a lot of athletes get a lot of perspective from physical therapists as to like what the the limiting factor or like the linchpin in their progress might be like if they can't do a certain movement or if they can't make progress like i know i was trying to to do something um with climbing and i had a physical therapist buddy point out to me that it was probably like scapular instability that was limiting my range of motion it's like i never would have known that i would have thought that the weakness was like in my bicep or my shoulder or whatever and he watched Mm -hmm. me do whatever i was doing he's like no you basically need to get like your the smaller muscles in your mid back stronger, yeah. like your, your rhomboid and things like that. And, um, yeah. without his perspective and in, in looking at that. And I mean, it took him like five minutes to figure that out. I would have yeah. been probably spinning my wheels for the next year, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think we're, you know, I consider physical therapist movement specialists. Um, of course, you know, we talked about this earlier, but there's, there's good physical therapists. There's good, you know, everybody in every profession, there's really great, there's mediocre and there's, you know, not so good. So, but I mean, for the most part, move, you know, physical therapists, we're movement specialists. We see movement, we analyze movement, we try to improve movement. Um, so it's really easy for us to catch something that's not like working well and, and help someone figure out how to make that thing work better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the interesting thing talking to physical therapists is that you guys have a deep understanding of kind of like how the whole kinetic chain works and how issues yeah. in one area can trickle down to another and yeah. stuff that might not be that intuitive to someone who hasn't studied how the anatomy all works together. Um, yeah. Like I know, like, you know, climbers tend to have issues a lot in their hands and fingers and things like that. Um, but a lot of times from, you know, the conversations I've had, the issues can start higher up, like in the shoulders and the back and they end up, they end up trickling down to there. But if you were just, you know, a normal weekend warrior or something like that, you would think that the issues were where they were presenting, but oftentimes they're kind of like the end result of a big chain that's out of whack. 
Yeah, for sure. And we compensate a lot. You know, um, if you're struggling to climb a wall, you know, you might take tension like in your neck and in your upper trap and you might pull in your shoulder, like you might pull in some areas that, you know, you don't even notice you're doing just because you're trying to, um, you know, do a big thing or do something that's really hard. Um, and so, you know, compensation leads to injury too. You know, a a lot of times it's like not the thing, it's not your hands. It's like, like you said, something else, um, that you're doing. I know myself as an athlete, like I have certain muscles I favor and it took me a long time to understand that, like, I would, I would do movements or lifts basically the wrong way because I would be using the stronger muscles as like the prime movers of a movement when I should have been, um, doing other things. And, and again, like it's, it's pretty hard to figure that out for yourself. Um, unless you have like some outside perspective, helping you kind of like nail down what's going on. Yeah. I feel like the longer you're an athlete, you know, the more you learn, you know what I mean? And you're exposed to like different people with different perspectives. And, um, so yeah, you, you learn more, you learn more about your body. And the, the cool thing about that is that like, you know, as I work with people who learn more, there are certain things I don't need to spend so much time on. Cause I'm like, okay, you don't need that. You know how to, I've taught you that, you know, that what to do here. So let's, you don't need me for that. Where can I help you? Where, where do you need me at? Um, and so, and I think that's just working with good people for a long time and like learning your body and learning your own mechanics, your own genetics, your own, you know, everybody moves differently and has different weak and weak points and strong points. Yeah. And I, and I think kind of the, the important aspect in what makes you so valuable as a, as a physical therapist to people like Martins is that you have that understanding of like athletic demand and what an athlete needs and kind of like what their definition of success when it comes to physical therapy looks like as compared to the general population. Um, and those, those definitions can be pretty different. Um, I, I mean, I, I know you obviously have a kind of like a broad experience, uh, across a range of physical therapy application. Um, so what, you know, to listeners who might not know, might not have ever worked with a PT, um, maybe just give a little bit of an explanation on kind of like how those perspectives can change and what they should look for and what they should expect if they ever do need or decide to work with a physical therapist. I think that, you know, a lot of times what brings people to physical therapy is injury initially, right? So you're usually your first encounter is like, you know, I sprained my ankle or my knee hurts, or I, you know, a lot of times for, you know, the, the barbell athlete is, you know, I can't, I can't overhead press, you know, I want to be able to front rack press and I can only, you know, or behind the neck press and I can only front rack press. There are some things like that are limiters that sometimes will bring you to someone or I have shoulder pain when I, when I overhead press or back pain when I deadlift or, you know, so some of the, a lot of times it's injury you know, prone or I, or I sprained, you know, I I broke my ankle in, you know, a soccer game or something like that. Um, I also am concussion, concussion specialist. And I forgot to tell you this earlier, but, um, I've been in the boxing ring with a professional athlete and been in his corner. So I, I have that sort of, I'm always looking at, you know, being cautious of, you know, brain injury and things like that and um, concussion. But yeah, a lot of times what brings us to a physical therapist is injury. Um, and so I think if what you, what you want to expect, you know, on the injury side, um, is someone who's going to help you get, first of all, we're always dealing with pain We're we're looking at trying to get your pain to go away first. So, um, 
And how can we reduce your pain and help you first just do basic things that feel good, right? And then, you know, along the, that continuum, it's okay, what do you, what's the foundation you need? What's missing? Like, do you not have enough mobility? Are you limited with your flexibility? Um, you know, is it a strength issue? You know, depending on what body part it is, it's like there are certain athletes that are strong in other, certain areas and not in others. You know, I find I found with like a lot of, you know, um, strong men and a lot of, you know, um, you know, people who are pushing heavy weights and stuff, they, they can do a lot of great compound movements and do the big things, but the little small things they struggle with, you know, doing a single leg squat or just a step down or a step up or, you know, a, a, a reverse lunge or just doing a, you know, simple things that really, uh, you know, working on balance, things like that are, are really important to help you feel good. They're like, I call like the small stuff, the feel good stuff. Um, so, you know, after you get through some pain, we're finding all these little deficiencies that might be contributing to really why the causative factor, why did you get injured? Can we figure out like why you got injured and how we can prevent it? And then, you know, we fill in those factors. And then the really goal with most of our athletes and that we work with is to just build load. So slowly, how can we slowly load you back now, find, you know, working in all these little things that you're missing, but load you back to the thing that you were doing before. And that is the rehab process that a lot of people say kind of goes up and down because there are so many factors that impact, you know, rehab. Like, you know, what did you do that day? How, you know, we, we try to keep people still participating in the amount of things that feel good. Don't stop doing everything altogether. But if running feels good and lifting hurts, you know, run or what is it? What are the things that you can do? Can you still deadlift, but you can't squat? Like, what are the things that you're able to do? And, and then the thing that you can't do, let's slowly build your load back towards that. So, and that's the key is like finding, you know, those sweet spots, those, that slow grade loading and, you know, returning that person back to whatever particular thing they were struggling with doing because of their injury, you know? So, um, back in the day, we used to use a ton of modalities, you know, we used to use a lot of ice and a lot of ultrasound and a lot of, um, heat. And we did a lot of, you know, soft tissue massage, things like that. Um, I, th I would say now physical therapists all, um, do a lot of variety of different things. And I think it depends on your athlete, um, you know, and what they feel is helping them. Um, and then, you know, also, you know, of course being movement based. So I think the, the ultimate key is, you know, get, you got to get moving, you got to get, uh, stronger. And with most athletes, that's not a problem encouraging them, um, to get to that part. Cause that's what they want to do anyway, you know, so unless you're a runner, runners don't like yeah. to strength train. <laughs> yeah. It's, cha God it's bless changing. Them. I, don't, I don't like to run. So I understand. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that's, there's a lot of really good perspective there. And I think that the, if, if someone's never worked with a physical therapist, I think probably two of the most beneficial things are just getting the outside perspective on what's actually going on. And then secondarily having that outside accountability for creating like a progressive loading structure to get through an injury or get you back to where you were. Um, because I know from some of the, the, you know, more severe injuries I've had in the past, like you can go from a place where you're operating at kind of a high level over here to a place where you basically can tolerate almost no load at all. And it can feel really defeating. And if you talk to just like a standard medical practitioner, like a GP or someone like that, maybe even a surgeon, um, like they don't, if they're not an athlete or don't have any background in athletics, they're, 
their inclination will be to tell you basically just to stop doing that and rest until it gets better. But, but oftentimes with like these injuries that have, you know, cropped up over years of, of, and they either represent kind of like a systemic weakness or, um, like movement pattern problems or something like that. It's like, it's not going to just get better on its own ever. And if you just, if you just sit around and rest, the pain may subside to a certain degree, but as soon as you try to go back to your activity, something's going to break again, or it's going to hurt again. And so in, in, you know, in my experience, the ability to have kind of like the outside accountability to say like, okay, if you used to be able to do this with a hundred pounds, we're going to start with five pounds. You know what I mean? And, and kind of like titrate it up from there. Um, it's like, it's like, I could never in good conscience peel back my ego enough to take a load that low and progress it from there. But I have done those things with the PT's direction and it really did work and it worked quite fast. Right. It's like, it, it can be, uh, you know, for me after doing this a few times now, it's like, okay, I get it. But in the beginning, it's like, okay, what I'm going to do five pounds and then add five pounds per week. It's like, how many weeks is this going to be? This is going to be like 20, a 20 week process. And it's like, it's like, well, you know, it seems really bad at the time, but it's like, I've got, I've done it, gone through it and then gotten back to hundred percent recovery. And it's like, now if, if I ever have an injury like that, I'm like, okay, well, it's going to be, you know, four to five months and I know what's going to happen. And it's not so intimidating, but it's like, if you, if you're able to have someone kind of like walking you through that and making sure you're doing things the right way, it really isn't as bad as it seems. And it's like within, you know, three, four, five months, you can be back to a hundred percent. And oftentimes going through that rehab process, um, I've addressed kind of like underlying issues that I had that caused the injury in the first, or first place. So I was both able to heal the injury that happened and address the root cause. And so when I'm, you know, past kind of like the care window, I'm healed and also much more injury proof for the future. We, you know, we as physical therapists, we, we need like physicians, we need orthopedics, really, really orthos, orthopedic surgeons, um, specialists to, you know, be on our team and, and have a certain knowledge base and people come to us in different, you know, different ways. So sometimes a person goes straight to their physician, straight to their orthopedic surgeon, and they get it, they give us a diagnosis and we're working like with what they have and based on whatever knowledge base they have, um, you know, they send us with, you know, it could be just shoulder pain or it could be something that we need to figure out more up from. And then a lot more times now it's, it's people come straight to us as a physical therapist and we're having to be the ones that are, um, you know, and when that's what we're trained to do, to be able to figure out what is actually the problem here and how do we fix it? But, you know, a lot of times we need them, you know, I've, there's a bit, very many times where, you know, I'm, I'm working with a patient and I just know they have a tear and I'm like, you know, how far are we going to get, you know, and, and just, is this a surgical candidate, you know, type of thing. And so, um, I think that, um, people come to us in, 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 in different ways and, um, we have to have the ability to, um, you know, work with patients and figure out what's going on and help them. And it's not always an easy process because yeah, I mean, I'll never forget. I, you know, the first time I gave Martins like a, a five pound weight and it wasn't for him to do, you know, he's, he's actively pressing, you know, overhead heavy weights, but I'm like, this is really for you. This is like about mobility. Like you need to load something overhead. I need you to, to get into end range and you can't get there without me giving you some sort of weight. So just, this is your feel good. This is your prep work. And, um, getting the buy-in is what, you know, once you feel good, like you said, you, 
you got to have that buy-in. Once you have the buy-in and you've been through that process a little bit um, with someone who you trust, um, then you're able to kind of move through and trust them through that process. But, um, you know, it takes work. If you've never worked with a physical therapist before and you're, you're starting like you did and you're like, oh God, I have to deload this much. Um, you know, it could feel, you know, a little uncomfortable. So, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's the process, you know, and, and it doesn't, like you said, you start off with five pounds, you know, you don't load every, you know, five every week, five goes can go to 25 next week. It's yeah. really not like a, you know what I mean? It, that process can change and it can be a shorter process, um, uh, depending on what, you know, what the, what, what the end goal is. So, yeah, but yeah. And that's kind of the advantage of working directly with a PT. You can oversee your progress yeah. and help you test your, your tolerances and things like that yeah. so that you can shorten the the progression window. Well, and even have a progression window. Cause I know, like, I mean, I, I have had, plenty of, of, you know, weekend warrior friends that have had bad injuries and just kind of decided to grin and bear it, I guess, for lack of a yeah. better term and, and say like, Oh, mm-hmm. I'll try to deal with this myself. And those, mm-hmm. those injuries could last them forever. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and really kind of like sideline. Yeah. And get worse. Like I know, I know in the the circles that I, um, spend time with these days, like tendonitis can be a big issue. And everyone I bump into with tendonitis, I'm like, you need to see a physical therapist. Cause if yeah. I guarantee you, you're not equipped to deal with that on your own. And if you yep. leave it alone, it's just going to turn chronic and then yep. eventually crippling. Um, yep. and it's like, if you don't kind of deal with it now, yeah. uh, it's just going to get worse. And so I, I guess like the probably what would be helpful to the listeners would be if they're dealing with something that seems persistent or nagging, or, or problematic, like at what point would you suggest they kind of like seek outside advice from a physical therapist? Yeah, I would say my recommendation is like the sooner the better, because a lot of times like you just have some knee pain when you're squatting, but it's not stopping you from squatting. Um, and there's really some simple things you can either add into your program, like add into your warmups that just prep your knee and make it feel good. And like, maybe you're just not tracking well, you know, um, and it, you can, it's simple things, right. That you add in, it's like five or 10 minutes and you just go and changes it and keeps it from getting worse or there's mechanical things, right. So like, you know, everybody squats different, everybody deadlifts a little different. Um, how we learn those things is sometimes trial and error. Somebody, sometimes they, we work with someone and they say, you know, you've got to do it like this, but everybody's body type is different. And I think a lot of times I get, we get someone in, um, and I'm like, okay, I know you're doing it like this, but this isn't like the best way for your body. Like right now you're having, you know, back pain. So, you know, if you're having back pain, you want to transition and, and change your weight shift to be like this. So I, I just, I think getting with someone who has knowledge, okay, just don't go to the you know, physical therapist on the corner who doesn't treat sports injuries, you know, find a sports physical therapist who has worked. You always want to ask, have you worked with, if you're a strongman, have you worked with strongman? If you're a soccer player, have you worked with soccer players? Like, do you know what we do? Have you, you know, finding out, have you worked with runners, um, mountain climbers, you know, so finding out if someone has done that before is really important. Um, and then, you know, I say sooner than better because, sometimes you just need a one or two visits. There's so many people that come in and it's just a couple of visits and they're like, Oh my gosh, like this changed the game for me. I feel so much better, you know, just from these two things, the further away you get from that, the harder it is. I always say, if it took you, if you've been dealing with this pain for two years, 
you know, how long do you feel like it's going to get, it's not going to be gone in one week or four weeks. It's, it takes a longer time when something becomes more chronic because now that you've had this like prolonged knee pain for a while, you've developed some hip compensations and now your ankle is like, so now we're dealing with more body parts because you've, you've been trying to, you know, push through it, um, or, you know, compensate through it, but you're developing other problems now, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's great advice. And it's, and, and the thing that I challenge people with, if I get like resistance on this, when I'm recommending that they work with a BT is like, well, mm-hmm. how much a time are you investing into this hobby or, or this career, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And then the money into equipment and traveling yeah. and nutrition and, and potentially coaching for the, uh, the hobby itself and it's like, yeah. and you don't want to work with a PT, which helps you address with the most annoying thing about any athletics, which is dealing with pain or limitations yeah. in movement. It's like the, the most frustrating thing is not when you can't do something because you're not strong enough. It's when you can't do something because it hurts or you don't have the range of motion, right? Like if your rotator cuff is bothering totally. you or your shoulders bothering you and you can't walk out, it's like, that's the worst yeah. Um, yeah. because like, there's no, there's no real progressing past that. Uh, without yep. some sort of intervention. It's like, if you, you know, if you want to be able to deadlift 500 pounds and today you can only deadlift 425, well, there's a progression to get there that makes sense to yeah. everybody. But if you can't deadlift because your back, you, you have low back pain, like yeah. there's, there's only, you're not going to get stronger out of that, you know? Yeah. You yeah. Address for the sure. causes. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And I always say, you don't have to um, train like out of the, you have to train through the pain. Right. So, and that doesn't mean that you're like continuing to deadlift because, you know, going through that pain, but you find ways to, um, keep moving while, but while you're, you know, getting rehab and getting support. So if you're not getting support and rehab, you're likely going to get stunted and you're not going to move very far. You need to, you need to get help. And, you know, most people who are athletes, you know, professional athletes, it's not like a lot, it's, it's, it's about, long, first of all, it's about longevity. That's the one part, like how long can I do this sport and feel good doing it? Right. But then after that, I mean, a lot of professional athletes, they, they coach other athletes, especially unless you're in the NBA or your MLB, or, you know, if you're doing any independent sport, a lot of people are coaching, they open up gyms, they coach other people. So your knowledge base on like injury and how to, change mechanics or, you know, deload and reload. And those things are going to help you, you know, you know, train other people and support other people too. So, and just, I mean, if you're like, if you are a professional, let's say you're LeBron James, right. He's known as the one who does like in the NBA that does the most sort of prehab rehab. I mean, his son's playing basketball. I mean, so like, you know, he has, he has a future that he can impact, you know, who he wants him to be, you have longevity, longevity as well. So I feel like it's about you, but then you also can build a straight, strong knowledge base for anybody you're working with as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and, and that, that, I mean, even that aspect of longevity for you as an individual, especially for, for, um, those of us who aren't necessarily making money with our athletics, but just enjoy it as, like a key component mm-hmm. of our lives, I think like is way overlooked. Cause it's like, yeah. I mean, if you, I, at least I feel like, and I know people, yeah. um, like if you take care of your body, your athletic career can be quite long. Um, and, and I mean, it, it can even be quite long if you don't take care of your body, but yeah. then you're looking at like surgery and joint replacements and things like that to kind of like push it out. But it's like, you yeah. can get a long way with the, uh, with, with, uh, you know, your own natural, 
uh, physical structure if you're yeah. kind of like aware of what's going on. And I think what you said about um, addressing injuries as soon as possible um, is prudent because I, I do think like in, in my experience and it's like I, I I feel like because of the amount of time I've been involved with it and I've been fortunate enough to have exposure to people like you and people like Martins and other athletes. It's like, I know more than most and am probably um, more equipped to deal with injuries as they come up. But yeah. even still, like I've never been able to su- to successfully treat any sort of like chronic injury on my own. It's like, I don't, yeah. if I knew what was going on, it wouldn't have happened. And so it's like, right. and it's like, anytime I, I, like I, you know, decide, okay, I'm just going to go to a PT. It starts to get better almost right away. And it yeah. might be a long road to get completely better, but at least it's on the yeah. right trajectory. Whereas yeah. if I ignore it, it only ever gets, it only ever gets worse or at best stays the same. You know, that's yeah. the best case scenario. The injury will stay the same level of annoyance yeah. and yeah. not necessarily progress worse, but oftentimes it'll just get worse. And it's like, I mean, I've had injuries that have, that have like lasted for years even where I'm just dealing with kind of like this mid-level chronic pain. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I guess this is just how my body is now, but it doesn't have to be that way. Like oftentimes you can get to the root cause. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that every person who's an athlete, I mean, I, anybody who's an athlete um, and has any sort of in, injury or just annoyance, I, I just encourage them, get it checked out. You'll feel better for it. You'll learn a lot about your body. Um, and you'll be able to prevent something in the future. Cause usually with physical therapy, we're not just addressing if it's an ankle issue, we're not just addressing a ankle or the knee we're, we're looking at other parts of your body. We're kind of doing full exam. We look at everything. So we're like, you know, Hey, you know, you just, you, we're, we're teaching people things to do for everything. Um, and so I think that by taking the time and investing the money in your own body, you'll be, you know, you'll be better for it in the end. And honestly, once you open your body up to surgery, once you have back, shoulder, elbow, ankle, like once you're in that position, if you go there, it's a game changer for you. People often never get back to where they were in terms of, you know, the quality of of feeling good with certain things and just being competitive as competitive as they were. It it really does change things once you have surgery. So it's always once you always want it to be your last option, you know? Um, and so, you know, preventing, you know, taking care of the little quick things will lead you to, you know, not to have to end up on the surgical table. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and obviously like, you're not going to give the, the listeners like direct medical advice or anything like that. But I think as a framework for if they're, if they have an acute injury, um, mm-hmm. what, what would be the best way for them to like, I guess the best chain to get a diagnosis and, and potentially get a perspective on conservative care, which for people that don't know, conservative care would be things like physical therapy, trying to rehab the injury naturally without medical intervention before yeah. you go down that path of surgery. Um, Cause I, you know, I, there are a lot of fantastic and amazing surgeons out there that do a lot of work, but yeah. um, there are a lot of times I've had uh, you know, athletes that I know go to a surgeon that recommends surgery and they were able to successfully treat the injury with conservative care. And so the, the surgery was in fact unnecessary. And that's not to say, you know, sometimes it definitely is necessary, but how can people, you know, make sure that they at least analyze all their options and maybe attempt a more conservative approach before they decide to go down that road of surgery? Yeah. I say it just depends on where you end up first. So like, if you I mean, pretty much in the United States, you can go straight to a physical therapist if you have any injuries. So 
Um, if you have an injury, you can find your, find a, somebody who's local there. Also, I mean, if there's value in, I do, we do a lot of virtual therapy and telehealth, a lot of good therapists do that, um, and, and around the world. So if you, you want a specialist opinion and you're like, I, I need to know that this is the right thing, you could do that as well. Um, insurance does pay for that. And of course you can pay out of your pocket as well to do that. Um, but you know, the first step is I would say, I would, I would say go to a physical therapist first. Usually we'll, we'll determine right away. Like, is this something that requires, you know, a surgeon or not? And usually it's for me, it's about four to six weeks where I'm like, if you're going along the right continuum with me and you're making the right progress and we're going the right direction, um, you know, that's enough time. But if someone is not, and they're not, not making as much progress as I want them to do, or they're not going around the route that I want them to do, I will try to refer them to someone local, you know, that I know if I can, depending on where they're at, but find a good person to refer them to who I feel like is pro rehab. And part of that is going, when I send them, you know, we want, we want this doctor's opinion. I always tell people the medical step people you have, you know, this is your ship. You're the captain you know, where your crew, like you get to put people on your ship that you want on your ship. They're, they're not the decision makers. You're the decision maker. So when you come to me, you're asking me my opinion and my advice and for my guidance. And if you go see a, a, a surgeon, it's the same thing. What do you think is going on? You know, do, you know, can this be rehabbed? You know, um, can I avoid surgery? And I like to choose physicians who are pro rehab, who are really honest with their patients, you know what I mean? And say, you know, a lot of them do think they need surgery and they'll say, I think you need surgery, but you need to do rehab first. I need you to get a little bit more strong, a little more mobile. Um, I, I needed that first. And then surgery will be like the second, the next route. But, um, it, and then you, you make that decision for yourself. I mean, people have come to me and said like, in my rotator cuffs tear torn, you know, should I get surgery? Well, what are you, what can't you do and what do you want to be able to do? And is it that you want to be able to press 400 pounds over uh, overhead? Um, but you can only press a hundred. If you can press a hundred and you're happy with that and you can avoid surgery. Great. You know, you don't need surgery, but if you need to do that and you feel like that is going to get you to your end goal, repairing it, then, you know, the only way to know is, is to do it. If we've tried rehab, if we've tried doing it and we can't get you there. So you have options. You have to just decide what is the best route. You know, not everybody needs their ACL repaired when it tears, you know, uh, but if you want to play professional soccer, you do, you know, but if you want to run um, mountain climb, just linear thing, things that are, are going to have a tent. Well, mountain climbing has some torque on it. Right. But things that aren't too much pivoting and shifting and quick transitions, you know, you can be fine without your ACL. So you know, it just depends on what you want to be able to do. But I would say along the long, long story short or whatever is to go basically get an opinion, um, find, you know, try conservative care first and the trusting physical therapist will route you to the next route, um, with someone they trust if they believe that that's, you know, an option for you. Um, but it's, it's very rare that I send, you know, um, people to, out to surgery. It's, it's a small percentage because we can rehab the majority of injuries, you know, um, unless it's a fracture or, you know, something that is, uh, you know, that needs to be braced and, you know, and we can rehab a lot of things right out the gate. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, and um, I think the, the advice you gave uh, earlier in the conversation about finding a physical therapist who has experience in working with at least athletes or preferably athletes in the same domain um, yeah. that you practice in yourself uh, is like really beneficial um, just because of the level of understanding they have of like what it takes to 
to define like success for you? Like you said, you know, if you're, if you're just, uh, you know, doing a sport where there's not a lot of lateral movement or demands, then maybe you don't need your ACL repaired or, yeah. or at least maybe you could like push it out till, till later in life. And, and yeah. then, um, you know, look at surgery down the road, but yeah. Or there's no rush, right? Like, yeah. uh, there's no mm-hmm. rush to see what life is like without my ACL. If I don't need it right now, like, can I do the things I want to do? What, is, what can't I do? I mean, you can always get it repaired. You can always do that. There's, there's options there. So I don't feel, feel, feel like people should feel pressured, uh, to make those decisions. You well, know, and I think it. the, uh, the interesting thing too, right. It's like after one of those surgeries, you're going to be looking at a lot of physical therapy anyways. Right. So you're, you I always well. see <laughs> You're coming back to my office anyway. Like a lot of people yeah. want to know, want to go get an MRI. You know, I'm like, I want to get an MRI. I want to see what's going on. Well, you're going to end up in my office anyways. It's likely this. Now, if you, I always say, do you want to have surgery? No, I want to do rehab and see how it goes. Well, then we don't need an MRI yet. MRI is yeah. like when I want to know what is exactly going on because the surgeon's going to go in and repair that thing. But you expose yourself to a lot of radiation for no apparent reason, just because you want to know. And, um, the way that we're going to approach rehab doesn't change anyway. So, yeah. You know. Well, and again, like this is only, this is only from conversations that I've had with other medical professionals, but it's like imaging doesn't always have clinical significance, right? Like you could look at someone's yeah. MRI and it could look terrible and they could be a hundred percent fine. Um, and it's like, sometimes knowing that is worse because it's like, um, I didn't, my, my buddy Devin that I, that's a physical therapist had a, a client who was functionally hundred percent normal, had an injury, um, got an MRI and in an unrelated area, like the, the imaging was pretty bad and then started to develop pain in that area. Like maybe yeah. psychosomatically, I don't know, something like yeah. that, but it's like, he, and he worked it out with this guy and, and he was fine too, but it's like just the knowledge of what the imaging looked like impacted his own physical perception because the mind is a powerful thing. And it's like, yeah. like you said, if you're going to do the rehab either way, you may as well not even like, what's the point, right? Just go yeah, for it yeah. and see what happens. And if you can't get far enough with the rehab, uh, then go down that whole, you know, imaging route and surgery and things like that. But it's like, uh, like you said, I mean, I mean, maybe if, as much as you feel comfortable talking about it, uh, give some background on just kind of like the the things you've been able to achieve with Martins. Um, I know like we have a prior podcast with Martins Lisi's World's Strongest Man for everyone who's listening. Go back and listen to that if you haven't, because it's amazing. But um, this is a, a, you know, probably one of the strongest human beings that's ever walked the earth. He's dealing with just a, incredible loads on his body and has had major injuries and he's come back to be better and stronger and faster than before and win competitions and uh you know pretty much all with with conservative care i mean he's done some other things too but but yeah. he'll he'll be the first to, to be a huge proponent of uh rehab and prehab and i think when i was interviewing him he said he spent like at least an hour warming up before he got into his training sessions which is which is impressive but um i mean if a guy like that with with such insane external demands on his Mm -hmm. physiology can make such good progress like uh, the rest of us could at least try so so yeah tell us a little bit about that as much as you feel comfortable sharing yeah um martin's you know, he, when he came to me, he was like dealing with a bad shoulder and, um, some chronic hip stuff that was, the shoulder was limiting his pressing movements and his, his hip was limiting, um, his deadlift. And so, and, and 
he had taken a year off after he won world's strongest man in 2019. They took a year off and he started, he worked a little bit with squat university and they, you know, doing some stuff with him and, um, did some sessions, but of course he's so far, um, and got exposed to me through someone that we both knew. And, um, yeah, just, I really just started just, we just kind of broke things down. I like, you know, it was like, what's the most important thing, you know, we started with his hips and this, cause he was really bothered with his deadlift and having some really deep glute pain. And to be honest, he still has that deep glute pain. I mean, he has it, but, um, we manage it. Like he goes, you know, he has it when he's doing, this is the thing a lot about a lot of injuries. They're fine when you're like not doing anything and they're fine when you're like sometimes loading, you know, into them. But when you start doing crazy things and heavy things, I mean, the demand, I always tell him the demand you're putting on your body right now is enormous. So your body can handle so much. And then at some point you're, it's going to say, okay, I'm here again. And that's what we can't, we, I'm constantly doing with him is like, how can we manage this particular thing? And what is actually bothering you this week from last week's training? Um, so initially when we started working together, it was a lot about let's find the things that you're not doing that you need to do, um, for your warmups and your rehab and, let's find the things that are missing and let's then let's start to add those in. And then I did a lot of probably, I would call, I would call it manual work, but it's more manual resistive work, but I did a lot of hands-on like resistance stuff, getting him into his end ranges and his weak po points. He had some lap pain and finding his weak points and doing some resistive works work in multi-angles and different ranges of his. Cause like, for example, you, you your lats can be strong when you do a comp like a compound movement. But if I were to break down your lack strength at every range of it, I'm going to find your weak point if there's a tear or something in there. So finding those spots and working him through those things. So it was a lot of that with his shoulder and his hip. And, um, and then we got to, you know, he got to row. We, the first competition I went with him to was the Rogue Invitational in 2021. Um, and I really was, I said to him, so, you know, it was kind of a conversation of like, do you usually, do you ever travel with a PT? Do you feel like you need that support? And he's like, I'd love for you to come with me. Will you come with me? And then that's how I ended up coming to him to compete in the beginning. Um, but also teaching him that if you're doing like the work along the way, your, your warmups don't have to be an hour, right? Like you, what are you about to do? I'm about to go overhead press. Okay. I need to warm up for that. Like I'm about to deadlift. I need to warm up for that, but you don't need to, if you're doing the, the work, the little things, the accessory moves between the week, then your warm up is just really about taking 10, 15 minutes to warm up that particular movement. And so teaching him that because he, he knew so much, he was on YouTube, he was learning all these things and he, he had to figure out how to put that all together. So I tried to help him. And that's what I like to do with my athletes to teach them like really how to, prepare for whatever they're training for that day, small amounts of things. So teaching him that as well. And then we went to rogue. He won rogue, the rogue invitational 2021 did really great. He actually got some patellar tendonitis, um, first day out. Um, and we were working on that and yeah, we just, I did some simple, really simple things with him, quad sets and Lara quad holds and simple stuff. And he felt good. Yeah. He won that. And then, you know, after that, it's, it's always after his competitions, giving him a break and coming back and kind of, okay, circling back, what's going on now? How do you feel? And pretty much between each competition, you know, he went, um, to Arnold's and, you know, um, won that, um, between, between each competition, it's kind of like, what's popping up, what needs to be managed. What do you need this week from last week when he was doing, you know, doing a split jerk, which I'm like, 
you're split jerking and you haven't split jerked. Have you ever split jerked in your life? Like you ever, (laughs) you're trying to teach yourself to do like a crazy thing in a short amount of time. So I told him anticipate your shoulders aren't going to feel that great. And we're going to have to like manage that. Right. Um, so, but just a lot of it is, what do you want to do? And like, okay, how do we, what's the stuff that pops up between for him? He does a really good job of taking care of his body. So a lot of it is just, okay, week to week, what, how, how did you feel from last week's training and what can we do to help you this week? No, I think yeah. there's, there's a lot of really interesting tidbits there. I think one of the interesting things is like the anecdote about the, uh, the split jerk, right. It's like, right. Like you think, you know, I, I, I bring this up with a lot of uh, just people that are, that I, you know, do sports with. And they'll complain about being in the thirties now, not being in the twenties anymore. And I'm like, and then how they're getting injured and things like that. And it didn't necessarily happen in the twenties. And it's like, none of them were professional athletes in the twenties. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's like, the, my, my point is like, well, you know, you may be in your thirties now, but you're also probably the most mature and capable you've ever been as an athlete. And it's yeah. like, so if you went to do something stone cold, like a split jerk and you're teaching yourself this new movement, you're as a baseline, you're capable of so much more load than you would have been when you were like 16, right? Like yeah. when I was first lifting weights in, in like late middle school, late high school, I was starting with light weights. Cause that's all I could do. And it's hard to injure right. yourself with light weights. But it's it's like now if I was to go teach myself a new movement, like my baseline level of strength is pretty significant. And so right. it's like, if I, and again, like we can all try to set our egos aside and try to do something with like a light weight to learn the movement. But at a certain point it feels like nothing and it's, it, right. it can be hard to even understand it. And so it's like, it's like keeping that level of awareness that like, yeah, you know, part of it's the natural process of not being in your twenties, but part of it's also that like, as you get um, more developed as an athlete, you have this higher baseline with which to perform, but also with which to hurt yourself with. And, uh, yeah. and then some of it just does come from that. It's like, um, like the, the, the professional athletes I did know in the twenties, they did get injured, right. Because they were already yeah. performing at such high levels. Yeah. Uh, and so it's kind of like a balance between the two. So I think that's a really interesting perspective is that, um, and, and that's like something I try to keep in mind. It's like, if I'm ever going to try to learn something new, try to have enough humility to start very low because it's like you can progress quickly and over the span of a month or two, you can load fast and, and, yeah. and have a lot of progression. But if you start high, you don't have as much room to go, but also you have a much higher potential for, for injury. Yeah. And your body needs to build capacity. You know, you're learning a new movement, you're pushing, you know, you're for him, he's strong. So it's like, I, you know, you can do this, but you're learning a move, new movement. And then you're every week, you're asking a lot from yourself week to week yeah. in this six week training period. Right. So it's like, um, you're teaching yourself something you haven't done in a while. You're trying to perfect it. You're asking, you need to, he was trying to push more weight. You're trying to get, you know, a better, um, you know, jerk and overhead press. So like it's, you know, he's at, he, he wanted more from it and he thought he could get it, but it's still like, okay, well, let's, let's see how you feel with it week to week. So his shoulder popped back up during that time period and we managed it. Right. Um, he always does really, really great with his hip. And then he gets to a certain level with his deadlift and we start to see it sort of creep back in and we're managing it. So, um, but the good thing is like, he's not, it's not like he's, he doesn't feel pain you know, after the, it's during the movement, it's a temporary point in time. And he doesn't have, it's not like stopping him the next day and the next day, and the next day, because he does a good job of doing all the small stuff between, um, to feel good. So, you know, he's not, he's not pushing through massive amounts of pain. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. great. And I think that as a physical therapist, helping people stay on top of the small stuff and even understanding like, you know, a lot of times 
for me, um, it's like the smaller accessory muscles that just kind of get like ignored and underworked because like the prime movers you're taking over and, yeah. and like the stabilizer than things like, uh, you know, it's like, I, I, for, I hadn't done any, like, as I transitioned from powerlifting to climbing, like you don't really use your hamstrings much ever in climbing. Yeah. Um, there's just not really need to. And it's like, I, I had a coach program, some Romanian, uh, deadlifts for me um, for, for something specific we were working on. And it's like, you know, from my old powerlifting background, I went and loaded up the bar and progressed it and progressed it and progressed it. And I was doing these, these Romanian deadlifts with a significant amount of weight and I felt fine. You know, I, yeah. I, and I woke up the next day and I couldn't walk for a week because I hadn't been working those muscles, yeah. um, and yeah. long enough to where they just like, they like, uh, I, I think people don't realize it, but it's like, the, the way I describe it to people is like your brain remembers how to do things, but your body has forgotten. And yeah. that can happen with, in, in a lot of ways that are just difficult for you to articulate yeah. for your own body that yeah. having some outside perspective is really just invaluable for, or even yeah. like um, working with a physical therapist to figure out kind of like where on like a, you know, bilateral basis, you may have like a lot of function on one side and very yeah. little function on the other. And you yeah. don't know it because you're using both limbs, yeah. but it's like yeah. one side can be inordinately more flexible and stronger than the other. And it's, if you don't get some perspective on that, um, you'll never know. And so yeah. like, and that could be a huge limiter, right? It's like, if you're trying yeah. to progress things and progress things and you're like, Oh, I'm hitting a plateau. Well, it could be that you need to break things down and, and get a little bit more isolation and bring kind of like a deficient side or muscle or whatever, but to prop speed. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge proponent. I love physical therapists. And I think that anyone yeah. that, that considers their athletic endeavors, a significant part of their lives should probably make it a habit to check in one, check in with one, at least a couple of times a year. Um, yeah. and, and more often if they have the time and the, the, uh, the financial means to do so. Um, it's been great chatting with you today, yeah. Dr. Janae. Um, if our listeners want to follow you, reach out to you, where can they find you? Yeah, you can follow us um, on Instagram at Physical Therapy San Pedro. We have a small presence on Facebook. I'm not a huge Twitter person. I am, am on there, but I don't tweet a lot. I don't share my opinions that often, but I do a lot of education on Instagram. Um, so probably Instagram is the primary place to find us. We have a website, physicaltherapysanpedro.com. There's a lot of information on there um, and some videos I'm trying to build our next endeavors are building up YouTube and uh, getting a podcast going myself. So, um, so that'd be cool to have you guys on too at some point. So yeah, I'm trying yeah, to work on those things, but. And you mentioned, you mentioned you do virtual consults, right? We do do virtual. Oh. So I, I actually see a lot of strongmen right now, virtually like that. I, you know, just through working with strongmen um, that, that just want to work with me through the, the referral source of it. So yeah, we do a lot of that and people are always apprehensive about it, but movement is movement. And as long as I have a camera, like, and, and you set up it right in front of your squad and I can see it, or, you know, I can teach you movements, uh, virtual and telehealth work really, really well. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, again, thank you for your time and your perspective yeah. today. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll have you for another conversation again, and maybe dive into Sounds more some more specific applications. But uh, um, at the end of the day, I think that anyone that uh, that wants to have a long career and and basically be as pain free as possible should invest time in working with a physical therapist and figuring out how your body moves, what's limiting you and just getting some outside perspective on kind of like how your own physiology is uh, impacting your performance and your day-to-day -day life. So 
Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's been awesome chatting with you and, and just the work you've done with Martins and other athletes is, is a testament to itself. Um, thank you again for your time today. And uh, we'll thank definitely, you. we'll definitely be in touch and chat again soon. Thanks, Hunter. Yeah. Bye, thank guys. you.